Welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. We're a church that meets in the heart of Wollongong. Come and visit us on Sundays, 10am and 5pm at 275 Kira Street. We'd love to meet you. Hello. <clears throat> hello, hello. I'm Andy, one of the pastors here at Salt. And uh, how good's that rain? I feel like this week, man, we need more rain. So, there you go. Um, <clears throat> normally, what we do at Salt is we take a book of the Bible and we work through it chunk by chunk. And uh, we've just finished Deuteronomy, which is really good. Um, a lot of good feedback and people found it surprisingly helpful. Um, and uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we're starting, restarting our series in the book of Acts. Uh, we looked at the first eight chapters of the book of Acts last year, and uh, we're continuing, continuing on uh, in a couple of weeks' time, seeing God's unstoppable mission and his, as his word goes out into the world. And we're going to see that, so that's going to be, be helpful. Uh, if you weren't here last year or you missed the sermons, some of the sermons, uh, you can find the recordings of them from last year. It might be helpful to, to go back and, and listen to them and kind of catch up. You can find them on Spotify or whatever podcast app you use, uh, you can find the, the recordings there, uh, but that's in a couple of weeks' time. But for the next two weeks, we're looking at trustworthy sayings, trustworthy sayings of the Bible. And uh, the one we're looking at tonight is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to see the eternal value of godliness. That's where we're going. Uh, but let's pray, and then we'll jump into God's Word. Let's pray with me. Lord, we thank you for... Your word. We pray that as you as you speak to us by your spirit, that um, you would help us learn more about what it looks like to love you and serve you and follow you in this world. Amen. Uh, well, last week my family and I went to Tamworth, and I've never been to Tamworth before. Uh, it's the first time. There's uh, two of my kids with the golden guitar, and. Um, it's, uh, I've realised Tamworth is not very close. I don't know if you've ever driven to Tamworth. Six hours in the car uh, with five kids. It, was, it felt like 20,000 hours. Um, but uh, six hours in the car. And uh, the first thing I did was, I'd never been there before. I wanted to make sure, you know, I didn't know the exact which ways to go and that kind of thing. So I did what I guess many of us do. And you, you get in your car and you get, open up the GPS app or maps or whatever. And you um, put in your destination. And straight away, it tells you where to go. It gives you the directions to every, up to the meter, exactly which turns to take, six hours. Uh, it does all the hard work for you. It tells you exactly where to go. And uh, unlike street directories, I don't know if some of you guys remember the days of street directory. You didn't have a phone. We have a phone, but it didn't, didn't, you couldn't look at your map. And you had to have your street directory. And beforehand... You had to look at all the maps to work out which, okay, we're going to be on this page and then we're going to go to this page and put a post note there and then this. Anyway, Google Maps, much better. Um, all you need to do really is answer the question, where, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Boom, and it tells you. It gives you exactly where you want to go. tells you how to get there. And that's a really helpful question. Where are you going? It's a helpful question, not just to get to Tamworth, but a helpful question for life. Helpful question for where is your life going? What's your goal? What's your goal in life? What's your, where are you going? Where's your life headed? Where do you want to go? And then you can work out how you're going to get there. And I want to propose that for the Christian, godliness is the ultimate goal 
in life. Godliness. That's the thing we should be working towards. The thing we should aim for. Our goal in life, godliness. And that's one of the, one of the things we're going to see in this passage today. We're going to see that godliness has eternal benefits. So if you've got 1 Timothy chapter 4 open, uh, have a look at that. If you've closed it, you can open it up again. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you can look on with someone else or use the Bible on your phone, whatever it is. We're going to be working our way through that. But 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, <clears throat> it says this. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So it's saying avoid things that are godless, like unhelpful myths and old wives' tales. We're going to talk a bit more about them in a minute. And God says instead, train yourself to be godly. Why? Well, it says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Now, interestingly, we're told that physical training has some value. A uh, bit of context for this passage, the Apostle Paul's writing this letter to his protege, Timothy, who's pastoring a church, and there's people in the church who have started teaching the, the idea that the body, anything to do with the body, is evil and should be avoided. The spirit is good, but if you really want to live a holy life and please God, you need to avoid anything to do with the body. And so they were teaching things like sex within marriage is to be avoided. Don't, don't do that at all. Uh, avoid certain foods. Pretty much anything to do with the body is, is evil. They were, that, that's what they were saying. And Paul was saying, no, don't listen to those godless myths. That's wrong. Our bodies are not evil. Physical training is of some value. Which, as an aside, some of us might need to hear that physical training has some value. Uh, we shouldn't ignore our bodies, like these, like some of the people in this church were tempted to do. So some of us might need to start doing some exercise. Uh, get a gym membership or something. As Christians, we want to be good stewards of the things that God's given us. We want to take care of this world and the environment and the stuff that he's given us. And we want to take care of our bodies, because he's entrusted them to us. So look after your body. A bit of a challenge for me. Start, maybe needed to start doing some regular exercise. Physical training has value. But, there's the flip side, it only has some value. There's limited value. So don't overdo it. Some people fall into the trap of focusing too much on physical training or focusing too much on their body and how they look and it becomes their idol and the thing that they worship. So don't go to that extreme either. Your body, how you look, that's not the most important thing. So don't make it the most important thing. Physical training has some value. But here's why the value is limited, because the benefit of physical training is limited. If you stop exercising, you lose your fitness. The benefits are short-term, you've got to keep it up. And those people with great-looking bodies, they, don't look, they won't look that way forever. And even if you do exercise your whole life until you're an old person and you, you know, you're looking really buff and good and old. Then you, when you die, then what happens? And it, 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 it's gone. All that, there's no value. There's limited value, limited benefits to physical exercise because it doesn't last. It's not permanent. It doesn't last forever, unlike godliness. Unlike godliness. Godliness does last forever. I've heard it said that there's only two things you can take 
to heaven. Two things you can take to heaven. You can't take your stuff, you can't take your house, you can't take your job or your worldly things. Two things you can take. You can take your godliness and you can take other people. Godliness has eternal value. It lasts forever. We see that in verse 8. He says that. He says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So godliness has value now, and godliness has value into eternity. And so that's why we should pursue it. And so what I want to do with our time tonight is spend most of our time thinking about how to do that. How do, you, how do we pursue godliness? If that's a thing that we're working towards, that's our goal in life is godliness. How do we do it? How do we get there? I want to think a bit about that because it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. But before we get to that, I think it's helpful to, to think about what is godliness. We've talked a bit about godliness, but what is it? If you've been around church for a little while, you've probably heard the word or the idea and uh, you might have some idea of what it means. Uh, but I'm keen to hear, what, what do you guys think? Um, what do you, when you think of godliness, what are kind of some of the ideas or definitions that you... What does that mean? I don't know, thoughts, call that? Sorry? Like God, yeah. In, in what way? I think mean, that's good, but in what way like God? Like physically? Or in our omnipotence? God, yeah, sure, kind like God, or ca- like in character, is that what you mean? Like, yeah, so we look like God in our, how we act or how we behave and our character, and yeah, that's good. So being like God, yep. Other thoughts? The way that we live our lives. Mm. Sure, yeah, so our behaviour, so um, not just having characteristics of God, which is true, but more than that, um, live loving God, and, and that's your, your kind of, your life is about Him. Is that what you're saying? Not, not about yourself anymore? You're living your life for God in response to, yeah, that's good. Other thoughts? I was too scared. No, that's good. I think those, those two things are helpful. Um, the idea of godliness, it's all through the Bible, really. It, it pick up in a, a lot. Um, and that psalm we read, it talks about that's, that's an attitude, a godly attitude, uh, to, particularly in the face of suffering. Uh, but the word godly is actually, it's only 15 times, mentioned 15 times in the Bible. Nine of those times are in 1 Timothy, in this letter. So it's not really much in there. Um, but it's a, it's a concept that's all the way through the Bible. And um, so I think we'll dig into a couple of passages and see. And one of the things we see, um, have a look at, uh, I've got Titus chapter 2 on the screen. We see that godliness is a response to what God has done for us. Um, It's uh, Titus chapter 2 verses 11 to 13 says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So it's in response to the grace of God, His grace that He's shown to us. God has offered us salvation. He's offered salvation to all people through Jesus, and God in His graciousness has saved some of us, not because we deserve it, but because of His grace, and so it's God's grace that changes us. It's God's grace that helps us to grow 
in godliness. And so godliness is, is a behavior. It's, it's, it's partly a behavior. <clears throat> so how you live, what that looks like. So living an upright or holy life, that's godliness. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 4, a little bit later in the, later in the chapter 4 passage, verse 16, uh, it says a similar thing. It says, Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. This is where true godliness come from, um, comes from. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. That's talking about Jesus. That's talking about Jesus. Jesus is our source of godliness. Godliness comes from Him. It doesn't come from within us. Our godliness comes from knowing Jesus, from loving Jesus. And it's in response to what He has done for us into the response to the grace that he's shown us, God's shown us in Christ, that we grow in godliness. So it's not up to us. It's God at work in us. It's not up to us. And yet it is up to us. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to, 5 to 7 says, uh, the apostle Peter writes and tells Christians that they are to be growing in their godliness. So it's something that they are to do, that we are to do. He says this, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control, I'm sorry, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. So this is kind of the list that he wants people to be, Christians to be growing in, and to make every effort to be growing in these things. That God is the one who grows us in our self-control, and in our knowledge, and in our love. And God's Spirit is at work in us to grow us in these things, the things in that list. But we're still told to pursue them. Make every effort. Just like we pursue godliness. God is at work in us, changing us to be more godly, as we make every effort to grow in our godliness. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 4, we're told there to train ourselves in godliness. It's something we can grow in. Put effort into seeing fruit from it. So you get a bit of a picture there. Godliness is in response to God's grace shown to us in Jesus. Uh, It's a deepening relationship with God. Uh, Godliness is knowing and loving Him. It's living God's way. It's being obedient to Him. So here's here's kind of a definition I came up with. Uh, Godliness is a knowledge and deep love of God which leads to holy living. Godliness is a knowledge and deep love of God which leads to holy living. That's what godliness looks like. Now, wouldn't it be great if someone described you this way? You know, they think, oh yeah, so-and-so. Yeah, that's, these things come to mind when I think of that person, when they think of you. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing if you're known by your godliness? Wouldn't it be great if our church was known by our godliness as a church community? Those outside knew that we were godly people. Have you ever met someone like that? <clears throat> you ever met someone who, they're just, they're just godly. They have a knowledge and they'd have a deep love for Jesus, deep love for God. Uh, and they live a holy life, they live in God's way and they're just on fire. 
yeah, mature, wise, steady kind of Christian. Uh, that love of God drives them to live God's way, living sacrificially for Jesus, godly. Um, that's what godliness looks like. That's what we're told to pursue. That's what we're told to pursue. And this godliness holds promise for both the present life and the life to come. So a godly person can have a huge impact in this life. A godly person can transform the relationships around them as they encourage others, as they witness to God's grace and as they spur others on. A godly person within a church can make a huge impact, make a huge difference. A group of godly people make a massive difference. A godly person can transform a whole community. It's infinitely valuable. Godliness is infinitely valuable. It has massive effects on those around us. And it's the ultimate goal for a person, for us, is to be godly. So it's something that worth, it's worth sacrificing for. It's worth sacrificing to be godly. It doesn't come easy. And it's no coincidence that there's a comparison between training your body, physical training, and training in godliness. That's, the passage makes that connection. It says, train yourself to be godly. And that word train... Uh, is, is this word, this Greek word, uh, gymnazo, or gymnazo, where you get the word gymnasium. Uh, it's actually the original, it's the Greek word for naked, first of all. And they used to, they go to the gym naked back in Greece. <laughs> Weird. Um, I don't think they do anymore. But they, you know, the Olympics, I mean, they will, yeah. so that, that's where they get the idea from going to the gym, uh, training. So that's that, that's, this is the idea. Uh, this, this is where we get the word gymnasium or gym. Uh, so, so we're to train ourselves in godliness in that same kind of way. It's a hard work kind of idea. It's a sweaty idea. S- getting sweaty to be godly. It's weird. Um, but it's that kind of thing, pursuing it. Pursuing it. Um, for a little while, I, I was a member of Club Lime up the road and... Um, the change room. I don't know if you've been to a gym change room, but you walk in the change room and there's just straight away this very distinct smell in a change room. Uh, it's kind of a the 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 gym I was at for some reason lots of younger men and they had so it smelled like Lynx deodorant and sweat <laughs> and um, yeah it was, it was a bit gross and they had giant mirrors on the wall and like the guys just like looked at themselves in the mirror for like hours like what are you doing anyway. Um, you don't go to the gym just to, just to relax and just to, to hang out, all these guys did. You go there to get fit. You go there to get fit and to pursue physical fitness. And I feel like when you go to the gym and if you're not sweating, you're doing something wrong. Like that's the whole point of why you're there. The hard work, training, putting in the effort. And likewise, we're told to pursue godliness, to put in the hard work, put in the effort. Because it has eternal benefits. The same reason you go to the gym because you want to get fit, you want to look good, you want to get slim or healthy or whatever it is, there's an outcome you're shooting for. We're pursuing godliness because it has eternal benefits, because we want to grow to be more like Jesus. And so I think Google Maps, you're getting in there, you put your destination in, that's where you want to go. We want to be godly Christians, that's our destination. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So the question is how? How do we get there? How do we do it? What are the things we need to do to train ourselves in godliness. What does spiritual training look like? So I want to think a bit about training in godliness and, and the practical side, how we might do that today. Uh, and, and three different groups, a, f- a few different groups of us here, three particular groups, I think, 
uh, that it's helpful to acknowledge and to speak to. Uh, this first group is those who haven't yet started the journey, not yet following Jesus, not yet on the road to, to godliness. That might be you. It's those of us here who have started, are pursuing uh, godliness, but are tired and perhaps slowed down a little bit or not sure where we're going. Now, those of us are going great guns, just killing it. So three different groups. So I want to speak to each of those a little bit. Uh, firstly, for those who haven't yet started the journey, as we saw, godliness is, is, is it's in response to God's grace. And so the first step is to accept that grace. Accept his free gift of salvation. Uh, Verse 10 that we read says this. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. So Jesus is the savior of all people. Everyone needs saving. We all need saving from our rejection of God. And Jesus is the only savior, the only option the only way to be saved. And the offer is there for all people. But we need to respond. We need to believe and accept the offer. We need to put our hope in the living God to be saved. Not everyone's done that. Have you done that? You might have been at Salt for a little while now, checking out Jesus. Do you trust Jesus as your saviour? Do you want to? Because that's the first step to godliness. There's no point pursuing godliness without having Jesus as your saviour first, because God's grace is the whole thing that does the whole thing. That's, that's how we grow. So that's the first step. I'd love to chat to you, love to help you. Uh, uh, you can fill in that, that uh, form, connect for me. There's a box there you can tick. Have a, come and have a chat to me, chat to someone else. If you're keen to start that journey, start following Jesus, we'd love to help you do that. love to help you uh, talk about what that might look like. That's the first group. Secondly, um, Christians here who want to pursue godliness, who can see the benefit, but aren't, for various reasons, whatever reason. Maybe you're not sure how. Don't know how to pursue godliness. Not sure how to do it. Maybe you, know how, maybe you do know how, uh, and you were for a while, uh, but now you're tired and not going so well in the pursuit of godliness. Maybe that's you. So I'd love to talk to you for a little bit. Because I've been there. I've been there, and it's, it's not good. It's hard, and you can feel stuck, and you're not sure how to get out of that little rut and how to start pursuing godliness again. You feel dry. and Or perhaps you're happy with mediocrity. You've been a Christian for a while now. You know enough of the Bible and know enough about God to just kind of coast through life until you get to heaven. Just, I'm happy where I, where I am. You know enough to be able to contribute in small group Say some helpful things, go home, go back to bed. But you're not actually growing in godliness. You're just coasting. So I'd like to encourage you as well. Titus chapter 1, verse 1, tells us that godliness comes from knowledge of the truth. Godliness comes from knowledge of the truth. And the best way to grow in our knowledge of the truth is by reading the Bible. The best way to grow in our knowledge of the truth is reading the Bible. So I'm going to talk about reading the Bible for a bit because I think... That is going to make the biggest impact in your life, Christian life, as you head towards godliness. I reckon a personal Bible reading habit, that makes the biggest difference in the long term. And so I'm going to chat about that. Um, for, the, for, for the Christians here who feel like you're not growing on godliness, I guess the question is, are you reading the Bible on your own regularly? 
Uh, I know a lot of us at SALT aren't. And we did earlier this year, we did the NCLS survey, uh, kind of a nationwide survey of churches. And um, it showed that 60% of us, um, well, it showed, that's the data there. The question is, um, do you spend time in prayer, Bible reading, meditation every day or most days? 42 on the right, most days or every day, which is awesome. If that's you, that's great. Um, But more than half, 60% is everyone else. So a few times a week or less, a few times a week or less reading the Bible. And I think if you include church or small group in that, it'd be, be less again. So the majority of us aren't really reading the Bible that regularly. Um, and so I think it's something that we can all, a lot of us could, could work on. Um, Tim, 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 says, Nourished on the truths of the faith. So God has given us his word to nourish us. Just like when you want to grow in fitness, you eat well, you train hard. This is, God's given us his word. This is our food to nourish us, our healthy diet. And so we want to be nourished on God's word. So if you're feeling weak and feeble, you probably need some nourishment. You probably need some nourishment from God's word. And so here's what I've been doing. Because um, I think if you've got to make a plan. Just like if you want to go get fit, you've got to make a little bit of a plan, work out how you're going to do it. If you want to read the Bible, it's helpful to make a plan and um, decide how you're going to do it. So here's, I'm going to share a bit about some things I found helpful. I'd love for you guys to share with each other if what, what you've found works well uh, as you've been reading the Bible. Um, but here's what I do. Firstly, I've, I, deci- I found it helpful to decide that I'm going to read the Bible every day. Um, I think it's a bit like church. Sometimes if you, if you decide week by week or day by day, am I going to do this thing? Am I going to go to church? You get to Sunday afternoon, am I going to go to church today? Half the time you won't end up going. You've got to kind of lock it in and decide, yeah, every week I'm just going to go to church. Same with reading the Bible. Every morning I'm going to read the Bible and just decide. Decide once. Don't decide every morning because most of the time your bed's too warm if, you, if you're going to get up early. Whenever you do it. Some of you read the Bible on the train or listen to audio books in the car or whatever. That's great. Uh, but for me, uh, I set my alarm half an hour early, 6.30 a.m. Uh, I get up, uh, dressing gown on, sit at the dining room table. I've got some big headphones you can see there. Um, big headphones are important if you've got young kids. Uh, if your young kids get up before you, you need to be able to... Noise cancelling, can't hear them. Uh, that's good, they're just playing in the lounge room, fighting or whatever. Um, and uh, so I put on some non-distracting music with my big headphones. I get my Bible, I got this Bible, and uh, sit, at the, sit at the table with a pen. And uh, I use um, version. I got a, there's an app on the phone called Uversion, uh, which is free, uh, easy to use, and there's different plans and stuff, and so I've... So you can just find different plans. It tells you, you log into it, it tells you what to read each day. So I feel like trying to make, take out as many decisions as possible to try and just make it easy to just make it into a habit. So I've got the U version, and um, so I wake up, and um, you can see I've just, that lady's just so excited. She's read her Bible, and she inspires me to read my Bible and go on a mountain. And uh, so, um, so yeah, I got that, um, and it tells me what to read. So I'm, I'm doing a Bible in a Bible in a year plan and um, working, working my way through that. Uh, you can see I'm eight, I've missed eight days. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I spend, so I'll, I'll read, what I do is read the passages, spend a bit of time reflecting, jot down some stuff that stands out to me, spend some time praying in response to what I've read. And that's about half an hour. Then the kids start asking for breakfast and then um, close the Bible up and make breakfast and that's my day. 
Um, it's not particularly amazing, to be honest. Like, I feel like ideally I'd spend more than half an hour reading the Bible. Um, some days, but sometimes I do, I read the Bible and I think, wow, I've never actually noticed that before. That is awesome. I've, you know, I feel like I've learned something about God and that's been mind blown. But most days, it, it's just good. There's nothing particularly, you know, that doesn't happen. Not particularly amazing. That's okay. It's just, it's just nourishment, you know, little bit by little bit. I have the same thing when I'm talking with my wife. Sometimes I'm like, we're talking, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know you thought that way. I didn't know that about you. Wow. But most of the time it's just, like, not eh, but, you know, just normal. I mean, you just, that's, and that's relationships, isn't it? Just normal kind of conversations. But over 20 years, I feel like I really know Keras now because of those just lots of little conversations. And that's, that's the same thing with God's word. It just, little bit, little bit over time, that's how relationships work. Our relationship with God's the same. It just deepens over time. You sometimes have those moments, but a lot of it's just little by little. So don't expect, if, you, if you're only going to read the Bible when you have those moments, then you never actually end up doing it. It's kind of, because little by little over time, after months and years, you really get to know God better. But it takes time, so keep at it. And you find, in fact, that it gets easier and easier. You find, just like you, as you get to know someone, it's easier to chat. As you get to know God better and get to know the Bible better, it's easier, you get more things out of it as you read it. So keep going. Keep going. Um, sometimes we don't read the Bible because we have our standards are too high for what we want to get out of it. Uh, you feel like you, you see someone's Bible reading on Instagram or something, and you're like, oh, I need a plant. <laughs> That's, I, I th- then I'll be able to read the Bible. Um, if I, once that plant... <laughs> That's going to change everything. Um, uh, yeah, and you know, sometimes our bar's too high and you don't end up doing it. And I think that's actually unhelpful. Uh, I'm doing a Bible in a year plan, so I'm reading four chapters a day. Um, but for a lot of people, and for sometimes that's not realistic. And you kind of think, well, it's either four chapters a day or nothing. Then often you, you might end up doing nothing. And so that's not particularly helpful. Uh, but I'll be honest, sometimes I'll just read one verse. Sometimes I'll just read... Read one verse. A few years ago, Karis and I were going through a hard time. We had two kids, two babies in hospital, um, and it was a real struggle. Life was a struggle, but it was a struggle to read the Bible. And I wasn't certainly wasn't doing four chapters a day. I was just reading a verse or two a day, and I ended up just going. I just read the book of Galatians, and I just read the over and over and over for six months just kept reading the same thing and sometimes I just read the same verse a couple of days in a row and but yeah God used it and I feel like I've grown my trust and dependence on him in that time and talking to Karis and she just read the same psalm over and over and over in that, that, that. so you know God's word is good it's living and active uh, every time you read it God uses it to change you and grow you in godliness and so sometimes it doesn't really matter what you read you just read it read something that's better than nothing just start. If that's the blockage for you, just start. Get the Bible app. Uh, that'll tell you what to do. That'll notify you. You can join with other people and then you, you can, a bit of accountability, all those things. So they're all good, helpful things. Just start reading the Bible. If you're not sure what to read, start Acts. We're just about to read, look at Acts at church, start the book of Acts. That's good. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like much. But if you start doing that every day, it's going to be amazing. And after a year of doing that, every day, you're definitely going to know God better.
And after 10 years of constant Bible reading, you're going to know God heaps better. You're going to love him heaps more. So there's some tips. Some tips for reading the Bible. If you're struggling a bit and you find that your Christian life's plateaued, then I think the first thing to look at is nourishment. Are you getting nourished? Are you reading the Bible? Because that's, I think, a good thing. It takes effort. Uh, But don't assume... I think this is a danger, right? Don't assume you're just going to grow old and become a mature Christian somehow, magically. Um, it doesn't happen automatically. You'll just be an old, immature Christian. That'd be awful, wouldn't it? You'll be the same maturity you are now, just heaps older. And you don't. We've got to pursue it. It takes effort. That's God's work. God work in us by His Spirit. But we need to sacrifice for it as well. So keep going. Third group of people, those of us who uh, feel like we're going great guns, that might be you. You've got a Bible routine, it's, it's working really well for you, loving getting into God's Word. Uh, you, you're praying regularly, you're working at killing sin in your life, you feel like you're growing in godliness, you feel like you're growing as a Christian, that's great. Praise God, praise God for that. That's God's spirit at work. So good. So I want to encourage you and say, keep going. That's God at work in you. But can I ask you something? Can you help the rest of us? Like a bunch of us here are not, maybe not going so well. So be an encourager. Get alongside and encourage and spur on and and point us back to Jesus. Get alongside those of us who are struggling and pray for us. Ask how we're going with godliness. Be like the older player in the soccer team who gets along the younger players and encourages them. It'd be great. It'd be great. Because one of the good things about being in a church is we're, we've got each other. We've got each other and we get to help each other, which is a great thing. So we'd love for us to be able to do that together. And there's lots I haven't touched on. I haven't talked much about prayer. I haven't talked about how much, how we can kind of, what that looks like to do that in community. Uh, but hopefully you've seen the eternal value in godliness. You've seen that it's worth sacrificing for. You've got some ideas on how we might do that. What does it look like to pursue godliness? So a question for you, what is one thing you'd like to change to help pursue godliness? If godliness is our end goal for our life, the thing we want to aim for, what's one thing you could change, one thing you'd like to change to help pursue godliness better? Uh, I'll give us a moment, give us a minute, have a think, what's one thing? What's one thing I'd like to put in effect starting tomorrow or this week? Maybe it's Bible reading, maybe it's something else. Um, what's one concrete step? Have a think. I'll give you a bit of time. I'm going to read verse 8, and then we'll pray. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life 
to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you for the grace that you've shown us in Jesus. We thank you that he is the saviour of the world, especially those who trust in you. And we pray that in response to the grace you've shown us, that we would pursue godly lives, Lord. Uh, Thank you for your spirit at work in us, helping us do that. We pray that you would help us, give us energy and strength to keep pursuing godliness, to keep that hard work of following you. Uh, Pray for those of us who are struggling in that, that you would give us uh, wisdom in the best ways to move forward, uh, that we would be nourished by your word daily, and that your spirit would be at work in shaping us to be more like your son. We pray for each of us, that we may be loving you more and more, until you call us home and we get to see you face to face, Lord. Amen.